Rose Podcast, episode eight. I'm sitting here with Dahlia and Crystal and Dave Heidebrecht, and my name is Brandy. And we have some interesting things to talk about today, like always. Um, you may recognize that my voice is sounding a little bit, you know, sultry. Mm. <laughs> sultry. <laughs> wow. I'm, not, I'm not feeling the best, so I'm just emceeing this uh, podcast episode and. All you guys are going to be the experts, right? Chiming in on the actual meat of the podcast. Mm. So mm. to start off, um, Dave Heidebrecht, Pastor Dave Heidebrecht is our guest. And um, we've actually asked Dave to be here for our Did You Know section. Did you know, did you know, did you know, did you know. February is membership month at Northview, right? That is correct. More specifically, <laughs> membership reaffirmation month. Oh, Yes, but membership fits within that. Okay, well, tell yeah. us a little bit about that. Yeah, so we have a biannual membership reaffirmation process. And what that means is we currently have about 1,500 members mm-hmm. at Northview. And we are thinking of through as a elders five years ago, how can we continually stay in touch with our members, keep our roles up to date, mm-hmm. roles being numbers of all the different people. And we, we decided to do a biannual membership reaffirmation where we go and ask each member in the most painless way possible to read over, <laughs> to stop, to read over our covenant, agree with it again, say, hey, I'm on board. And then we ask four or five kind of personal questions to find out more about who they are, how, what their current prayer request is, how we can be praying for them, and things like that. So we're going to be starting that this weekend at Northview, and I'll go through the month of February. Yes. And where, like, that's just, uh, like, does everyone stand up and say, I believe this, or is it like a, a pledge paper, of allegiance? Like a pledge of allegiance <laughs> yeah. to the flag? Yeah, we everyone stands up, and then we write down who didn't stand up, and we <laughs> have meetings with them, or, like, how, how do you I feel reaffirm like, your membership? I feel like scrapping my whole plan and going with that one. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a lot easier, eh? <laughs> just yeah. take your iPhone out and take yeah. a picture of the entire crowd. Yeah. Okay, good, gotcha. Hey, oh. what a good idea. You should be on my committee. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry. So what actually we're doing is there's two ways. One is we're going to have a link on our northview.org website. It will be You can't miss it. It's going to say membership reaffirmation in nice color. Nice. So you click on there and go there and spend the time following up with that. Or there's a hard copy at the info booth or during the week you can come up to our office and pick that up and fill it out. Okay. Yeah, so we're going to be asking things for, for members to get an updated picture for them so we can have that updated contact information and just simply take some time to read over the covenant that you made with the church. Just like each of you married ladies do that, you remember your vows with your husband <laughs> and you read those over probably monthly. Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Yeah. Daily. Monthly. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, there's, there's some practical purposes. Often, over a couple of years, many people, for whatever reasons, disengage or they move or they do some different things. So there's practical ways to keep up to date. One of the exciting things that we're working towards with membership in 2014 is having actually each member uh, placed underneath an elder or a pastor with a just kind of focused purpose for them to receive prayer for those, that person and to know them better. Nice. And mm-hmm. so that's something we're moving towards. And all the information from the reaffirmation will be taken and given to an elder or pastor for knowing and praying for our members. 
Cool. And I think that's a cool thing that Northview is moving towards this year as well. That's awesome. So that's the reason for the picture and stuff too then? Yeah, the picture, because we have a lot of members, oftentimes names come up in different meetings or talking about something going on. Someone sends in a call and for us to be able to have that readily available to look and to make that connection is helpful as well. Yeah, nice. yeah, we've found that lots of times. Thalia will mention a name of somebody here and yeah, you can look up and oh yeah, I know who that person is. Even yeah, I don't re remember the name or yeah. So yeah, what if you're not a member? What if you want to be part of this member membership reaffirmation, but you're not a member? What do you do then? Well, don't reaffirm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's actually something we have. We placed in our uh, our link as early on. It says, are you a member? A member means you've come to the class and you've been to the membership interview with an elder or a pastor. Okay. And then you're recommended for membership. If you have gone through that process, you are a member. Okay. Um, if you are not, we encourage you to become a member. We have classes three times a year. I think that we just finished a class and we're going through the process of the interviews. Our next one's coming up in May and all you need to do is go onto our northview.org membership, fill out a quick online application and uh, register for the next class. I think it's in May. So how do you know if you can become a member? You're just feeding me. Softball. <laughs> so to be a member, um, A, you need to be a follower of Christ. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is we just ask that you get get a good sense of what our church is about. You need to read over our statement of faith. Yeah. We don't have a set time at the moment of how long you have to be at Northview, but basically we want you to be faithful to come for a while, check us out, check out the community, read our statement of faith, see what the, the teaching's like, the preaching, the, the community. And if you can commit yourself to that, we want you to go through the process and be connected here for your, your well-being as a follower of Christ. I know. I've been encouraging a number of people to become members. Because for me, when somebody has gifts of leadership and they can teach and they can um, disciple others, we want them to become members. Mm -hmm. So there's a number of people I've been talking to and I'm kind of excited because then they can, you know, lead a class on a Monday night or they can lead a table for women's ministry or they can disciple others, mentor, things like that. So why in your mind is leadership, is membership a requirement for those leadership positions? Well, partly it's accountability. Yeah. So that's important. And also because in this big church, we don't necessarily know people. So if you're a member, then we make extra efforts to get to know you and understand where you fit in this church. What are your skills, your gifts? How can you use those for the better of our betterment of our church? There's also the knowledge that, that you're on the same page with yeah. what you understand. Yeah. Uh, theologically, biblically, so that we know that those who are teaching and in leadership are agreeing. We're all agreeing together that this is um, what we believe, right? Yeah, that's right. So, um, question about the membership interview I have with teenagers and with everything else are always like oh I'm so nervous like what are you gonna ask me <laughs> yeah. like what are some of the example questions of like you go through this membership interview it's like oh yeah. am I gonna be like oh I'm not good enough to be a member or you yeah. know like what are those kind of the first thing they spend about 10 minutes on your dating life <laughs> yeah. you're dating easy yeah zero kiss dating goodbye um no, so really the process is twofold. One is we want to make sure we get to know you, who you are. That's part of the being known process within the church. And we want to know you, so we ask questions about your faith journey, where you see yourself out at and that, where you're plugged in to grow. And uh, the elders and pastors have a better idea within the church where those different places might be for you. 
we talk about kind of ideas of where you understand your different gifting, or again, how you can keep going with that process. Um, and it's also very helpful for you to get to know some of the leaders of the church. I always find it's very mm -hmm. encouraging. Yeah. When I hear from uh, people going through the process, Jeff and I co-lead the class so I get a chance to really hear from Jeff in a smaller venue of his, the mission and his, his heart for this church and where it's going. And then you get a chance to meet some elders. We, I mean, you see these faces perhaps in different places during interviews on the weekend or here or there, but to meet elders and see their heart for the church and for the community is always encouraging as well. Mm -hmm. So there's kind of, we want to really get to know you for the fact of figuring out who you are and where you can plug in within this body. And then we want you to get a, more of a heart for other leadership and elders of the church and yeah. how they're yeah. committed to you. Like for those of us who do, like I've done some of the leadership interviews, a lot of us pastors and then some of the elders mm -hmm. are asked to do them. And it's an encouraging thing for us to, to get to hear, you know, why people are here and with their heart for God and how God is um, changing them and calling them into accountable relationships and yeah. stuff. So it's a, it's a, yeah, it's a win-win on both sides. Mm -hmm. Like I yeah. think those interviews are really encouraging from yeah, both very, very angles. So, yeah. 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 Well, thanks for all that. So that's live on northview.org right now. It's coming up Saturday. Oh, it's coming up Saturday. It's live okay. on Saturday. So don't go there right now. But they couldn't because this is an on Because this is a live stream, yeah. But it'll be on tomorrow. <laughs> nice. So. Yeah. But I think it's good for people to know that, like, on the main website, if you just click under Northview, you can pull up our statement of faith anytime because a lot of people right. have never actually read it. Like, what does this church stand for? And mm -hmm. it's an important thing. Even we went through the credentialing process to be credentialed with the MBE conference, and it was a good thing to be forced to read through a lot of that stuff because yeah. mm -hmm. you just take for granted that you know what a church stands for, and you don't really unless you yeah. investigate I think it's that. So. a good habit to get into. We were in Whistler uh, a couple of years ago. Mm -hmm. We go there a lot, but we were there a couple of years ago, and we were trying to figure out what church we would go to for a couple of weeks in a row. And so we called up the statement of faith for a number of the churches in town to see which one would align mm -hmm. with, um, you know, something like align biblically, but also align with what Northview's like. But some don't have a statement of faith, and yeah. some have a statement of faith that's wonky. So it's really that telling. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't good. So it, it really helped us. Yeah, you assume yes. Christian church, and you think, oh, they must all believe the same stuff. But yeah, not necessarily. Not necessarily. No. Membership is a good thing, people. It is. Yeah. It's a good thing. It is. What are the benefits? Like, we kind of had that as one of the questions we were going to talk about. Like, what, when you try and sell membership to people, what's the, what's the benefits of it? Well, I, I think, like we mentioned already, one thing is really getting to know the vision of the church mm -hmm. from yeah. the leaders and meeting some of the elders. So that's, that's a great benefit. I think one of the things that has been mentioned yet that is something that doesn't get highlighted as much is accountability. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, as the church leaders, we are appointed by God to oversee the flock and to watch and keep care of them, Hebrews 13, 17. And uh, the idea that we are actually responsible for overseeing, and so if we see something in people's lives that doesn't mesh with Scripture, how do we follow up with them and with the idea of bringing them to restoration or finding out what, the, what we see, if it meshes what they see and those different yeah. things. Yeah. And that doesn't always happen just from the leaders to everyone, but we encourage people to get plugged in all these different ways so that we're spurred on with others. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, 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 please it was Mark. It was me. For, uh, the podcast. Thank you. Yeah, so there's, there's that. There is, you definitely have an ability to vote for elders and for different things that are happening within the life of the church. You have your say that yeah. way. And, and the, the benefit of a leader coming up and discerning 
you for a leadership position as mm -hmm. they get to know you. The heart of le leaders here are to figure out how do we get members and people to be exercising their gifts. We understand that you're gifted in this area, hospitality. We want you connected in this area to be mm -hmm. using it in the church. Yeah. And it's not always people always having to come to us and sign up, but we discern people and we want to call people and encourage them to get plugged in. And we know that the members the best. I kind of uh, say this more and more. I was telling Thalia early, earlier when I talk to people on the weekend uh, and they say, I say, how long have you been coming to Northview? And they're like, 15 years. And I say, oh, so you're a member here. No, we're a regular attender. <laughs> and I'm, that to me, then I just said to them, oh, so you're a guest. Because in my, in my mind, I kind of view people at Northview, they're your guest or you're all in and committed. And that the way that we show that is by going through this process as membership so we can know that you're underneath officially our care. Otherwise, how do you know if you're underneath part of a family? Yeah, yeah. If you're not committed to it or if you have this attitude, I'm an attender, which means I may come or I may not come or you can speak into my life or you can't if I, I'll go somewhere else. And so this idea of mm -hmm. a benefit of having people actually committed to you and you committed to them mm -hmm. is a, a big benefit, I would say. It's yeah. amazing that there's no hesitation to sign up for a Safeway Club card or, club <laughs> <laughs> or uh, any of these club cards or any of these other memberships in our world and in our culture. Yeah. And it's like something that actually can bring about life transformation and more looking like Christ in your life by being a part of a committed family believers. It's like, well, I don't know about that. Like, what? Show me all your Safeway Club cards. Come on. We just want those points and those discounts. Yeah, seriously. Yeah. 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 Oh, discounts. Like, you get cookies. You get free cookies here. and coffee yeah. instead of and We don't have to show your membership card for that, though. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, only true. for members. Yeah. yeah. You need membership hats. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. But you can <laughs> moving on. You can get married here if you're a member, though. But if you're not a member, oh, you can't. There's, well, there's not that you can't be married here, but there's a kind of an obligation by Northview pastors to marry you if you are a member. But Northview pastors don't take that same obligation if you're not. Oh, so okay. that's a little. Yeah, that's, that's a perk. Yeah. If you Did get you know? Did you know? Did you know? Yeah. So topic today. Okay. Moving on. Mm -hmm. Biblical judging. Yes. Thalia. <laughs> She's oh, a smile. I have you. Dave and I are excited about this you've topic. Got, uh, you've got uh, a list here that you're you going to start off with. Okay, so I want to read you a quote from a book that I really like. It's called Den Ten, sorry, can't even speak. <laughs> Ten Dumb Things Smart Christians Believe by Larry Osborne. And it's on the topic of biblical judging. So I'm going to read you. It starts, I have a surefire way to get your non-Christian friends or co-workers to quote the Bible. It works every time. Use the S word. Call something a sin. Speak out against a lifestyle the Bible forbids. Critique the belief system of a world religion. Or criticize any behavior that isn't universally condemned by our culture. Then step back and wait. It won't be long until someone who otherwise doesn't have much use for the Bible quotes from Matthew 7 verse 1, Judge not. Ironically, the person who speaks up will probably have no idea where to find the quoted verse and no idea that's quoted out of context. The idea that Jesus forbade his followers to judge is a myth. And this is really important because a lot of women will come to me and say, oh, I don't want to be judgmental, or I don't want to judge others, but... And I think we just don't have a good understanding of what it means to judge others and what judgment looks like, or judgmental, all those words. So I'd love to discuss that with all of you and talk about that in more detail. Yeah, I think 
I think that's <laughs> a little pause there. We yeah. don't wanna, no one wants to be the first one to jump in. <laughs> when I was thinking about this topic of judging, the first thing that pops my mind, because I'm a father of three boys, Oh, and Michelle, Michelle, all the time. Probably. I'm like Michelle and I are constantly, quote unquote, judging these boys because a, we love them, but then we have the standard of how we want to live as a family according to scripture and things like that. So we're constantly making statements of, of, of warning, of discipline, mm -hmm. and all these different things. And I never hear my boys saying, don't judge me. <laughs> but they know the diff there's different responses we get. <laughs> they haven't but learned then, that one yet. But when you, take, when you take it out of a family context and into a church context or into a Christian idea of judging, all of a sudden there, it just seems, people want to make it seem so wrong that you should judge or make observations or statements. Mm -hmm. and, and there are some great reasons why that is because I think there are many people who judge for judgment's sake, if you know what I mean. They, they enjoy, like, especially, I think, places in, our, spirit or places in our world where this shows up the most are on chat boards. Yeah, sure. Where you read the latest blog, and then half the people are that say one thing, half the other one. Some start trying for a nice conversation. Some come off, whether they come off or they don't mean to as a harsh way, and then as soon as that, anyone who says anything in any type of a negative way, like, Kind of like that article, mm -hmm. within three comments, it's, you are such a harsh, evil person. And the, these type of comments start up, yeah. and, and so there's just this real sensitivity outside kind of maybe the family where we don't know what the, what this looks like. No. Well, it comes from, like, I mean, Adam in the garden, <laughs> right? Like, yeah. it's systemic from day one. She gave me <laughs> the woman that you gave me. Like immediately, as soon as we're called to account, ah, but it wasn't my yeah. fault. Oh, yeah. It's systemic from the get-go. But then it's also the influence of our culture and, um, you know, the relative nature of truth and there being no authority. So it's like, if and someone else speaks into your life, it's like, well, that's might be what true for you, but I don't think that's the way it says that. So, and I don't think it's bad what I'm doing. So, so you're defining your own set of truth. So. Why call me out on anything? Because I've decided that how I've chosen to live is the right way. So, And yet we are called to judge, quote-unquote, as Dave said, other Christians. We're, we are supposed to call out sin in others and sin in ourselves. So that's important in the body of Christ, the family of believers. We are supposed to help each other to grow in Christ. We are helping each other grow in our maturity by pointing out different attitudes we have that are wrong or different behaviors we have that are wrong and then ultimately repenting of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that Matthew 7 passage that you quoted as part of that quote where mm -hmm. Jesus says, judge not. I mean, if you read the whole passage, what it's saying is, you know, don't judge the speck of dust in your brother's eye when you have a two by four in your own. It says, first take the two by four out, then help your brother with the speck of dust. So it's yeah. not saying don't judge. It's just saying, don't judge hypocritically. Don't judge thinking that you have it all together. Like, have the right attitude but it's still saying still try and help your brother with that speck of dust that's really going to bug him and cause his yeah. lens and cornea to hurt right yeah <laughs> like you got really specific on that i'm just thinking <laughs> i'm thinking of this illustration your poor mind. cornea i know <laughs> well and the, the best kind of judging really is between two friends or people who are close to each other and you say a kind word you say hey you know i've noticed how you talk about your neighbor your friend your mom your mom-in-law whatever is maybe not the best way to talk about your friend and you and then you deal with it privately, quietly, and it's done. And you forgive and you move on. 
it's not like pointing your finger and condemning them. That's a very different kind of judgment. This is for the purpose of bringing them into a closer walk with God, into a more right walk with God. Now, oftentimes when we think of judging, we think of a very pointed kind of raise your voice word or an angry angry word or something with the judge with the gavel yeah. saying different things when in my experience a lot of uh, judging is is actually done in just kind of an accountability way hey i noticed something and and i think brandy was mentioning this earlier how do we say things in light of that i am not doing the conviction it's god i'm being faithful to raise something that i see in a brother or sister that maybe doesn't align with scripture as well as i know so as you raise raise an issue you know, God convicts people or they are not convicted. And then there's the next step in the process that we, we go through. But how do we become people who see things? And because we're committed to family and getting to know, I say, hey, how do you reconcile this action with what you say you believe? I'm, I just am curious to ask. Maybe you have a good explanation. Maybe you don't. We can talk further about it instead of the attitude of I'm I got to I need to judge you right now because yeah. Because it's my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a verse, uh, Galatians 6, 1 and 2, that I looked up kind of as we were preparing for this. And it says, Brothers, if someone is caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently. But watch yourself, or you may also be tempted. Yeah. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. I think if, if all of us came to it with that attitude of kind of hoping to gen- promote gentle restoration of somebody, right? To bring them wholly back to Christ and also be aware within ourselves of our own weakness and our own temptation. And yeah, that we can fall too, not think of ourselves as being any more spiritual or higher up than anybody. So I had a question for you guys, thinking about this idea of judging and we're gonna be talking, we're kind of counseling people, I guess, of how mm-hmm. this could look in their lives. And I was thinking about my life and I'll throw this to you first, but do you have people in your life who you can think of who you allow to judge you or who are judge oh, yeah. people in your life? Oh, you yeah. ask them to? <clears throat> oh yeah, hundred percent. This yeah. is when we were, when I saw that this was the topic, it's like, um, the first person that spoke truth into my life in love, it was like a huge gash in my soul. Like it was just like, Oh, this is awful. That does not feel good. And everything in me was to react against it. And yet what they're saying was completely accurate and true. And I knew it. And it felt conviction from the Holy Spirit and transformed my life. And and they sat me down and were like, this is the family of God. Like, this is how that works. Like, and I'm not saying it out of spite. I'm saying it out of love. Like, you represent Christ. So this is what needs to happen in your life. And it was that first encounter that made me be like, whoa, this is awesome then. Like, I want this all the time. Like... I don't want to rely just on myself to observe my own actions and my own. So like for me, it's like, oh yeah, and I invite it. Like, yeah, yeah, what do you see? Tell me, what do you see? I don't ever want to be someone that's got a closed door to that because then that just builds pride. It's just back building pride and back building pride. Um, It's a way to invite humility into your life. And, but that being said, there are people that I've specifically said, like given the full, like, green card like you can tell me at any time at my grumpiest I will accept <laughs> truth from you nice. but then there's other people yeah. that seem to like you were saying before Dave like some other people that seem to love to do this mm-hmm. or they've done it once and maybe they were accurate in what they said 
and now they feel that that's their role in my life. Oh, it's right. constantly, yeah. yeah, and it's like, oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> so it's sort of like, yeah, you give those people who you know and who, you know, you trust and they know you and their words have continued to be in line with scripture and they observe you well. And But and, yeah. there are some, yeah, there are some people to also be using that gift of discernment and be like, well, I don't actually think that's entirely accurate. Yeah. But thank you for pointing that <laughs> out. Um, appreciate it. Because you never want to close the door just in yeah, case. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say that I invite it. I don't love it. <laughs> <laughs> but I know that Mark and I, as Mark's my husband, we correct each other all the time, every day. You know, he'll say to me, Ooh, how you said that to one of our kids maybe wasn't the best tone of voice. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So I have to go back and apologize. Or, you know, things like that. They happen on a daily basis in our marriage. And so it's just a natural day-to-day correction. Or Vic and I are constantly correcting each other. Oh, did you follow up with so-and-so? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, I'm sorry, I'll get on that. Or like, we, it's just a daily correction in our care team. But it's a natural place of friendship. And I know that we care for each other. We are looking out for each other's best. We are wanting to grow as Christians and we're wanting to grow in our jobs. So it's, it's, sometimes it's hard, but it's a natural place. I think the part that's hard sometimes is when someone is deliberately doing something that's living against God, when they're doing something that's unrepentant, mm-hmm. and then we don't know what to do. Like, how then do we go and speak to the person when we know they are so not doing what God asks them to do? Mm-hmm. That's the tough one. And, yeah... How do we as friends, what do we value, I guess, in that moment? Um, do we value keeping our friendship intact or we, do we value, you know, the fact that we may be the instrument of God to help them get back on track, right? And so that is a hard thing. I've talked to lots of different people and I've wrestled with that myself too. When I see a friend, okay, am I willing to put my friendship on the line if this person doesn't accept this, if they don't like the correction? Um, is it the right thing to do? And yeah, it's a tricky thing to do. But I think if our goal ultimately is to be with these people in heaven, mm-hmm. and we really feel like through prayer and through maybe consulting with other people, you know, that that's something we should do, then I think do it carefully. But I think, I mean, do it's it. more important than, you which, know. Yeah, which yeah. goes to like your really honestly your definition of friendship. Yeah. Like, working with teens like I just see so many horrible experiences of friendship because in our culture it's being taught that you don't say negative things to people like right. mm-hmm. with bullying it's accepting everything yeah. it's accepting everything Tolerating like, and everything, so a yeah. good friend agrees with everything you do which that's is so good not friend. true yeah it's so not true it's such lies no. and yet it's what's being lived out. Yeah. That is a that is a truth that's being lived out in friendships now where it's like It's for adults too. I know, and it's like what? Like when did this happen that yeah. like no 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 a good friend tells me when I'm being a jerk. Yeah. Like <laughs> and and I appreciate that yeah. so much. Like even new friends, like I know when I have like I've just sort of started to develop a couple of new friendships and it's like full on these people have already like over text message been like uh, you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> or like, dude, what did you, what? No. And it's like, awesome. Thank you. Love yeah. it. So good. Like that, it can be that casual. Like, hey, that little bit, not cool. Text message, send. Like, <laughs> not that I would recommend you confront people over text messaging. No, but, you know, like. Well, I've gone for walks and coffees with friends that are 
doing things that are going to hurt their marriage and hurt their kids. Mm. And that's really tough because, yes, I have lost friends over talking to them about things that are going to hurt them. Mm. You know, it's not okay to connect with old boyfriends through Facebook. It's not okay to be texting privately other men in your life and having secret conversations. Like, this is not okay. And these are conversations I've had and you lose friendships because they take it as judgment when it's meant to be, hey, you call yourself a Christian. You are a member of a church, not necessarily this church, but you're a member, you're a Christian. And so you need to consider how this is going to hurt you, your spiritual walk with God, your eternal destination. Like this is important. Please, you know, take note. So you brought up a good kind of question there. Like, are we to judge people that aren't Christians? What's the kind of what's the biblical message or where towards that? Is this something to happen within the church or just what's your thought? Okay. <laughs> we had a verse. <laughs> yeah. We had a verse. Uh, we had a verse. I know. You had that First Corinthians yeah, first, five. First Corinthians. Yeah. Oh yeah. So 1 Corinthians 5, 9 to 13 says, I wrote to you in my letter not to associate with sexually immoral people, not at all meaning the sexually immoral of this world or the greedy or swindlers or idolaters, since then you would need to go out of the world. But now I am writing to you not to associate with anyone who bears the name of brother, and that's a Christian, if he is guilty of sexual immorality or greed or is an idolater, reviler, drunkard, or swindler, not even to eat with such a one. For what have I to do with judging outsiders? Is it not those inside the church whom you are to judge? God judges those outside. Purge the evil person from among you. I think that's calling us um, to be careful to convict those in the church because they call themselves a Christian. But those who are not Christians, they don't have the same standards as us. They don't have the same authority in the Bible. I was listening to that podcast that you had sent us on biblical judging that Mm -hmm. was uh, from Mars Hill Church. And uh, Mark Driscoll, who was speaking on that one, made an interesting point. He said, as Christians, we're so quick to judge the people around us that aren't Christians. Like, we're so quick to look down our nose at all these different people that are protesting or all these different people that, you know, have, even in our neighborhoods or our hockey teams or whatever. But yet we're so wanting to just kind of cheer on our brother and sister in the Lord, even though they're doing all kinds of stuff, you know, because we want to bring them back in. And he said, it should be the other way around. Like we should be out there loving all these people that are Mm -hmm. living in lifestyles that we don't agree with in order to win them for the gospel. And we should be calling to account the people in our midst who are, they're basically maligning the name of Christ by what they're doing and flaunting. Yeah. And this passage, this first Corinthians five passage at the very beginning of that chapter, it talks about you're tolerating sin and you're proud of it. Like yeah. it's not just that you're, you know, there's sin in your midst. Every church has sin in their midst. There's, we're all sinful people. Our staff, at, like everywhere you go, there's sin. But are we proud of it? Are we celebrating it? Are we flaunting it? Or are we saying no? Like this is not, yeah, how we should live and calling ourselves for repentance and call, call, Yeah, called to be salt and light. Yeah, and your light might be pretty dim, and so it doesn't actually look any different from that of the world. Yeah. Right? And so just calling into account each other for, hey, you're getting a little dim. (laughs) (laughs) That would be a good line to open up. You know how we're supposed to be something like, you're a little dim. (laughs) We're looking a little dim these days. Can I use that? Can I use that line? Uh, No, I know what I'm talking about. Just pay me 25 cents every time you do it. Oh, okay. Yep. Vacation fund, here you come. Yeah, Yeah. the interesting (laughs) thing about about that is it, it it takes time and effort to think about the people more and it involves investment. Yeah, yeah. yeah it does. Um, that's one th- another thing yeah. I was thinking about 
whenever I make an investment in warning or judging a person, I need to be ready to follow up with them. Yeah. yeah. And to not just follow up with them. If it doesn't always have to be me to walk with them, but also where can I get them help or get them along other side of their brothers and sisters? Because that's how oftentimes people are going to get out of these different ruts of live lifestyle that yeah. they're living that aren't congruent with what the scripture says. They need to probably do some different friendship or community adjustments. That's why membership, again, would be a great thing. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so like I, I make a warning for my kid again, and then I'm going to keep following up with them because we live under the same roof. But for us to swoop in and make a comment and then retreat, yeah. it's, just, it's not a, a wise thing to do. You're kind of you're exposing something and then leaving them hanging there yeah. pretty much. And so mm-hmm. how do we consider the individual when we're making a statement and being willing not just to say words, but then to invest time and walk with them well so mm-hmm. they can... Yeah deal with the situation that they're in well you hit it on the head to say like to compare it to your son it's like mm-hmm. yeah well to think and remember that we are the family of god yeah like it's your brother and sister that you're approaching mm-hmm. with you know warning or it's not just someone in your church or someone that you know or serve alongside it's your brother or sister yeah and so you do share the same you know roof, and it's, it's for the purpose and, it's for a yeah. purpose of warning them so they yeah. don't get hurt and destroy others and destroy themselves yeah. like yeah and this is a regular practice it needs to be mentioned it's a regular practice yeah. of a christian living out the gospel it's a regular practice in the church right mm-hmm. yeah we it are, should be it yeah, should be that yeah. we are speaking yeah. the truth in love to each other um crystal you had uh, mentioned on our women's weekend that was something insightful about condemnation and conviction i think a lot of women were um it was a good reminder for them, some of them a, a new insight. Yeah, but, some. but with this topic, especially people concerned about, oh, but what if they feel horrible about it? Or what if they feel, I don't want to make them feel awful? Or So the response of the person who receives this word from someone, like yeah, what, yeah. Uh, where do they place that? Well, I think we have to understand that in our own selves, in terms of our own salvation. Like I know as a kid, I struggled with feeling a lot of guilt and feeling condemnation, even though I didn't hadn't really necessarily done anything wrong. I just lived under this kind of cloud that I've never been good enough, right? Mm-hmm. And so it was like an aha moment for me the first time I heard that. My friend was actually at Cape and Ray, and she knew I struggled with this. And so she wrote me a letter. She said, we studied the difference between conviction and condemnation this morning. And she outlined it all. And I was like, ah! Because the way she talked about it was, and the way I've kind of learned to understand it and done study myself, is conviction is that feeling from God that, and from the Holy Spirit and from, through His Word and maybe through other people, but originated from God, that, yeah, we have sinned. We need to repent. We need to... Uh, turn back and follow him but it's always a very clear idea a clear direction and there's a way to kind of return to God return to wholeness condemnation is something from the enemy and it's this idea that we're never going to be good enough the thoughts that go through our head like no matter how much you do you're never going to be good enough God's never going to doesn't want to hear about this again you've messed up too many times you're not worthy (laughs) just stop confessing it just disengage eyes engage disengage from the community they don't want you there that's the kind of thing. And so I think what we need to have people understand is conviction is a good thing. Like yes. confession, I have come times where I have struggled to admit something in my life. As soon as I get to that point of confession and say, I agree with you, God, this is rotten. I do not want this in my life. I'm laying it before your feet. It's like the power of it lifts, right? Because I've yeah. like confessed it to God and agreed with him that this is sin mm-hmm. and you can deal with it. Yeah. As long as I keep trying to kind of build my little moats and fences around it and saying, oh, it's not so bad, it's not so bad. It just 
keeps eating at you and it's something that you keep thinking about and keep mm-hmm. so conviction of sin is a good thing but it leads towards then an action of restoration yeah. and of being brought back into the community and yeah i think yeah. one of the things that kind of ties into this a bit that i thought I'd kick around as well as because i think a lot of people don't want to jump into this area of saying things to a friend or an acquaintance or a brother or sister in christ that could be viewed as judging because they're so afraid of saying things wrong. I know, yeah. And, and in fact, most people don't say, I, never, I, I have a good heart sometimes when I say things to other people, but I don't say it right. I know. So how can we as people, A, pray through it and say it the best, but also how can we be people who receive well, yeah. understanding that, the heart behind it, and even if it's not said perfectly, how can we, as Bernie was alluding to, how can we listen to it, receive it, and then uh, take it as a potential uh, word of judgment, but then to sift through it well? I mean, that's yeah. that's the goal, right? I was uh, had the situation this last summer, and a, a person in my circle of influence was observing my kids, which is always an opportunity for judging. <laughs> But uh, he came to me randomly and said, hey, can I talk to you about something? And he talked to me about one of my kids, and he was just really concerned about the behavior. And he was judging my parenting. And right away inside of me, I'm like, oh, you. (laughs) But then, by God's grace, I was able just to listen to it and then reflect on it. And I said, thank you to him. And I asked him the question. I said, have you ever done this before? He goes, "Uh, yeah. And I said, how did it go? He goes, not well. (laughs) Um, This guy was, was... I think it was doing a loving thing for me. He was taking a huge risk of commenting on my parenting and my yeah. kids. Mm-hmm. But his heart was because he wanted to make some observations of what he saw. He wanted you to be a better parent. Yeah. And that's what we want. We want people to be a better spouse, a better parent, a better Christian, a better... Like, we're not doing it to hurt them. We're doing it to help them. Yeah, so you're, you're able to sift through it. And then, like Crystal was saying... What is, is there a conviction about anything that this person said? Sort it through, discuss it a bit, and move forward. And, yeah. and be encouraged know. with that relationship that we're at this new level with this guy. I can judge him now. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> Retribution. No, but there's this different level of family when we know that we're open to receiving maybe not a perfect judgment, but we're able to listen to someone and say thank you and move on and, and then sort through things in that, in that manner. Yeah. I think it's important just to wrap up um, discussion here that we realize too that so many people have been burnt by an experience of poor judgment, an experience mm-hmm. of not in love, not yeah, with gentleness. Wrong motivation. And as we go through like yeah. scriptures, and I think it would be good for us to list some of the scriptures that talks about this on on the website when we post yeah. this podcast, just so people can do their own study. Um, on this topic uh, is to remember that it comes with gentleness like the scriptures all are around like yes approach with gentleness and with love and speak in truth and like these things aren't separate it's not like one minute you're judgmental and the next minute you're loving and the next minute you're gentle it's to operate the fruit of the spirit Mm -hmm. at all times in all things Um, but to realize that people have been burnt by that and so there is this don't be judgmental I don't want to be a part of a judgmental church because they have been It, it has been such a speaking harshly to them and that strive for perfection and all those things that come with that so just to understand that too right when you're talking with people that just because someone says oh i don't want to be judged they might have a hurt there that needs to be softened needs to be you need to till the soil in in prayer with them and 
even though Thalia and I just want to <laughs> <laughs> be bold and like, come right to the chase, give it to me, straight. Oh, because I just <laughs> see the destruction coming up ahead when people yeah. continue in a certain path and I just want to stop them at all costs and say, please stop, because yeah. it's going to really hurt you and that's more what yeah. I see. But, but I'm so grateful too when I look at my own life though and see where God has been so soft and so gentle with me and then has like allowed that stuff to soften, but then has also just put a wall in front of my face. It works both ways, yeah. uh-huh. you know? So. Stop, Brandy, stop. <laughs> you know, yes, I think more so it's been the wall. <laughs> I'm stubborn. Yeah. Um, so last last part, in my opinion. In my opinion. In my opinion. Pet peeves. Yeah. Some pet peeves of sayings, things that people say. Is that what we're doing? Yeah. Something yeah. like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, okay. For the record, I, I don't have many pet peeves. Oh. You can ask my wife to confer that or to you. But... Uh, <laughs> But here's one, and it's actually, I know everyone listening has read through each pastor's profile online, but this is in, <laughs> this is in that. I wrote this uh, five or six years ago, and I still, I'll still love it, because I love humor, Brandy. Yeah. You can appreciate that. Yeah. And I have different humor. But So one of my pet peeves is when a person comes up to me and says, Dave, i got to tell you a funny, amazing story. And I usually stop them right there, and I say, you can tell me a story. And then at the end, I will tell you if it's funny. <laughs> I am the arbitrary judge. Of I, I have a great level of humor. And being I can, judgmental. Um, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. So I generally always try and say, hey, let me tell you a story. And if they laugh, I'll be a warm, have a warm heart that I made them. But I don't, I don't want to set up an expectation that they're going to be forced to give me that fake laughter. And you don't want to have I'm to I'm going to tell the them a story. Yeah. If, they get, if they get laughter, that's a bonus. <laughs> My pet peeve is when people say, no offense, but because as soon as they say that, they're going to say something horribly offensive. My favorite. I hate that. It's all the time. No offense, but I really hate that. Seriously. I totally Just don't that. even say it. My pet peeve is when people start off their saying with, to be honest with you. I'm like, I'm hoping you're honest all the time. Why do you have to say, to be honest? It's like down to the nitty gritty. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. Yeah. It's just going to be... Then just say it. <laughs> There's different ways to say that one, too. Like, no word of a lie. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... Or like, honestly. Okay. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. If I'm being really honest. Yeah. Don't Can I be honest with say you? that. <laughs> that shirt's not your color. <laughs> then just say, that shirt's not your color. And I'm assuming you're honest. I'm just going to use the one that I, that I did at the retreat, yeah. which is... It's oh, more yeah. of the, in the Christianese... Which is the uh, when Christians say about like a service or a Bible study or something, and they're like, "Yeah, man, God really showed up." Like, how was your Bible study? Oh, God showed up. <laughs> I'm just like, what, did he ring the doorbell? Did he, like, wasn't he there always? Wait, he's <laughs> infinite and eternal. He's everywhere, omnipresent, Holy all the time. Yeah, totally. God really showed up, man. God's like Santa Claus, just visiting houses. I was at this Bible study. I wasn't at that one though. I could only be. Yeah. It just bugs me. Stop saying it. That's why I said. Cut it out. Just stop it. Cut just, it out. Stop yeah. it. Stop saying it. Well, thanks for joining us, uh, Bonus Podcast. We we know what our next topic is. Yeah, loving well, I think. Yeah, so loving second, well. Coming out of biblical of judging, how then ah. do we? It is care uh, Valentine's Day. Coming Ooh. Up. Oh, is so that, loving well, it's very. How do we love our friends well, our Christian friends? So it's, it's about sex. <laughs> no. no. Oh. <laughs> loving well doesn't mean. No. 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 Oh, okay. Love That's good. So I can be in that one. 
You can be in that one. Okay, sweet. (laughs) To be honest with you. Oh, (laughs) I totally forgot. We we forgot to pray for our leaders, or for our listeners. Oh, leaders, listeners. Uh, Thaley, do you want to pray? Sure. At the end? Why not? Yeah. Is that okay? I just totally forgot that. Good blame it on cold medication. Lord, thanks for this podcast and the chance to toss around a really important idea. Lord, I pray that we will learn to um, convict others well and not be condemning. Thank you, Lord, that you're working in us every day and that you're trying to help us to grow to be more like you. Amen. 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 Amen.